0: Welcome back to Status Spending in the Case Overview Series. Scott Fuller and Heather Wright are back with you. Hopefully all is well in your land. Heather, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Just been busy as usual, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of getting back to it after vacation. Then, of course, I had the COVID stuff.
1: The Rona. The
0: Rona. I got the vid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I haven't heard it called that yet.
0: (laughs) You have a lot of time to think and come up with things when you're sitting around the house for two weeks. But I'm um, feeling much better now. So it's pretty much back to normal. Kids are back in school and back to work and all that happy stuff. I got a vacation after my vacation, I guess, just not the kind I, you would want.
1: Not, yeah, not the one that you intended. At right. Least. <laughs>
0: right. But uh, we, we're trudging along here. And uh, this week, it is your case, Heather.
1: Yeah, it is. So before we do
0: that, we want to give a couple of Patreon shout-outs. Actually, a mention. Uh, one of our patrons, Cassie, has mm-hmm. taken us up on our offer and followed Amanda's footsteps in guesting on at least one upcoming episode. We may end up doing more than one with Cassie, but you can look forward to that in the coming couple of
1: weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So again, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Um, Amanda, we are sending you an email today you should get that any moment and uh we will discuss that further with you but you guys amanda has some cool things in the works so we'll just leave it at that for yeah. now. <laughs> yeah
0: i'm looking forward to seeing what she comes up with yeah along those lines all right so we'll look forward to talking to cassie as well and we'll look forward to heather's case which is coming up right after this
1: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated
0: U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash
1: aware. Terms apply.
0: All right, Heather's got the ball here this week. Heather, I'm eagerly anticipating your case. I know you got a speed bump a bit because you you went all the way down the road on a case. Only to find out that I guess, fortunately, it's been solved. But the the premise of the podcast status pending is not status resolved. We need some kind of uh, some kind of unresolved aspect in the cases that we cover. That's kind of home base. But um, (laughs) I'm not sure if we're going to do this or not, but we could always do a case like that for the Patreon feed, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still have pretty much all of the notes from it, but yeah, just like you said, I because that's how I do. I I research it and I go from beginning to end kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah, I do that too. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. This this aspect is crazy, and then. All the way at the end, it says, Oh, and by the way, so and so was put in jail or whatever, you know, whatever the ending was. Well, is there any question
0: about the suspect that they arrested and charged or no? No,
1: there were two of them actually, and there was like pretty damning evidence. All (laughs) right, well, yeah.
0: There goes that. I guess uh, score one for justice and we'll have to shop elsewhere.
1: Yeah, that one will be a good Patreon one for you guys, though.
0: Good. So Heather kind of quick had to scramble and come up with a, another case. But you've got cases floating all over your house, it seems like. So
1: That that's the problem because I'm like, "Oh, which one do I do now?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we got one though. So, uh, yeah. bring it on here.
1: Like always, we we find the cases that are unsolved, unresolved, have some type of questions. And this one is this is Cindy James, Cynthia Elizabeth Hack James. Um, this is Wow, I normally say where they're from right away, but um, so Vancouver, British Columbia is where this case took place. All right. So she was born June 12th, 1944. Uh, She went missing at 44 years old. And we're going to come back to that because they do find her body a little bit later. So a little bit about her family, just a little bit that I do know. She is the daughter of Otto Henry Hack. He died in 2010 and Matilda Hack, who died in 2012. She was the oldest of six children, so she has uh, Doug, Marlene, Roger, Ken, and Melanie. Melanie, her sister, ended up running a website about her and writing a book titled Who Killed My Sister, My Friend. Her remains were eventually cremated and ashes were given to the family, so I don't normally, with cases like this, I like to provide, you know, the the burial plot and things like that and if there are any pictures and and things of that sort for the funeral or the I'm sorry the cemetery but there weren't any in this case. I'm going to get into what we do know about the case and then go to the basically her her final moments that we know. This case is wild though. <laughs> I will say that. Um there are a lot of twists and turns and there are a lot of speculations in this case. So I know you're going to ask questions, Scott, and I'm eager to hear your theories on this. Okay, good. (laughs) So I'll run through what I do know, and then we'll get into kind of like what could have happened, why they might say this or that. The body of Cindy James would be found on June 8th, 1989. Uh, It was in the yard of an abandoned home about one and a half miles from the parking lot of a shopping mall that she was last seen at. But... The story of what happened to her started over seven years prior to her disappearance, which already is a red flag to me. Cindy reported in that time frame over 100 incidents of harassment with the police.
0: Yikes. With the police?
1: Like, she reported it with the police. To the police. To Yeah, to the police. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And those were only the ones that were reported. So she had gone quite a while without reporting it. And then even after reporting a bunch of them, she stopped reporting it because they didn't believe her. It, Like I said, it's got a lot of twists and turns. So, so what were
0: the nature of the complaints that she was making and maybe why didn't they believe her?
1: All kinds. And we're going to actually get into that. Uh, there are variations of things that were happening to her uh, from death threats to physical attacks. It's it's really, really crazy. So she had actually gone missing on May 25th, 1989. She went to that shopping mall, like I said, to deposit her check from work and to do some grocery shopping. But she never went back home after that. I'm going to come back to that when we discuss the actual crime scene. So at the age of 19, roughly in 1964, I believe, is when it happened, she married a psychiatrist, Dr. Roy Makepl- Makepeace. Sorry, Peace. And he was actually 18 years her senior. The, the
0: psychiatrist's time. name is really Makepeace.
1: Makepeace. Yeah. It okay. took me like three times to like write that out because it didn't <laughs> make sense to me. Is it
0: spelled like the two words put together? It's
1: spelled like the two words. Yeah. Oh, yep. my goodness. That, I know. that guy
0: was destined to be a psychiatrist, I guess.
1: I know. It's perfect. It's a perfect marriage
0: name. counselor or something.
1: But I mean, that's another, like later in hindsight, just the fact that she was married to him. She married him at 19. He was 18 years older than her at the time. And he was a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. like that stuff starts falling into place for me later. And and also for other people who have theories about this case. Uh, At the time, she was a nurse. She excelled at working with counseling children with emotional problems. So she was very honed in on helping children out that had issues going on. In 1982, she filed for divorce from Dr. Makepeace after about 18 years of being married to him. Wow. Okay. I don't know for sure if that divorce was ever finalized, though. Okay. Because about four months after she filed for divorce, some weird stuff started happening. And at first, she didn't really say anything to anybody. She didn't report anything. But things started, uh, I guess escalating in the sense that it was happening more frequently so she went to her parents and told them that she was receiving harassing phone calls and she had been receiving letters in the mail that were threatening in nature she went to the police shortly thereafter confiding in her parents about it and basically went to the police telling them hey these messages went from scary to threatening my life like there's something serious going on here so that was kind of a turning point for her with, you know, her personality, her overall demeanor, her friends and family said that she completely changed, almost like a 180. She was always described as beautiful, vibrant, outgoing. But now, since this stuff had started happening, she appeared tired and frayed and kind of on edge all the time. So things started getting worse after that, after she reported to the police, uh, she found three dead cats hanging in her garden.
0: Wow. All at once? Mm-hmm.
1: Her porch lights had been smashed. Uh, when she tried to call the police on for that incident, she discovered that her telephone lines had been cut. Ooh. And then notes started appearing on her doorstep instead of being mailed. And I even read another article that indicated some of these notes were appearing on the windshield of her car.
0: Okay. Away from home?
1: No, like outside of her house. Okay. Then things get even worse. She started being physically attacked. So Cindy's friend, Agnes Woodcock, showed up one night to visit her. She knocked on the door, Cindy didn't answer, and she knew, just by being friends with her, that Cindy would take evening baths that were pretty long. So she kind of thought, okay, it's about that time of night, maybe she's just bathing, she's just relaxing, you know, that that's probably all that this is. So she walked around back, I guess, to try to get into the back door, and she found Cindy crouched down on the ground mm. looking like she was trying to hide from someone but once Cindy realized that that was her friend she got up and i guess just a few minutes later started telling her what had happened and she said agnes said that she saw a nylon stocking tied around Cindy's neck Cindy told agnes that she had gone into her garage to get something before agnes was to arrive at her house and that's when someone grabbed her from behind
0: in the garage
1: in the garage
0: But Agnes did not see the attacker.
1: No. She said that they wrapped the stocking around her neck and they were strangling her. The only thing that she was able to get a look at during that struggle was the shoes of the person. And they were, she remembered them as being white sneakers. Uh, She believed that they were scared off and ran away when Agnes arrived and started knocking on the front door. And that's when Cindy was able to escape to the backyard from the garage and crouch down and kind of hide.
0: Was this the first attack?
1: That was the first physical attack. Mm, Okay. So then, like I said, all of this stuff, you know, happens in like a seven-year time frame. So years of these different attacks with the notes and like the dead animals and different things like that happening. The notes started becoming more dark and threatening. I kind of mentioned that a little bit, but one of them that was left on her windshield showed a corpse being pushed into a morgue.
0: Is that a drawing?
1: And that I couldn't find a a picture of it. But a lot of the pictures that I did find were of like cut cutouts from magazines and kind of glued together. Oh, okay. Like your typical like ransom type note or whatever Mm -hmm. from the movies. Exactly. Not only like notes like that, but she also started getting orders of raw meat being sent to her home that she didn't order. Wow. Um, one time she came home and found her dog shaking and sitting in its own feces with a cord wound around her neck very tightly. Hmm. Sometimes she would receive near daily threats, but then sometimes they would kind of just dissipate and not happen for long periods of, a to- of time, like three, four weeks or two two, three months at a time. She wouldn't receive anything, but then it would be back to back day after day after day. So it was very sporadic in nature. Her personal journals, according to the police, reflected how all of this traumatized her because she would write down everything that was happening to her when it would happen. Even though she's keeping this record of it and she's calling the police and she's filing these reports and even, you know, her friend shows up to see her in this state of shock one night the police didn't believe her, and they outright told her, hey, we don't believe that this happened to you.
0: Well, they're thinking that she is manufacturing all of the uh, the notes, that she's attacking her dog, that she is staging her own attack, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so at that point, she's like, okay, you guys don't believe me. I'm going to handle this myself. So she moved. She moved to an, a completely new house, She painted her car. She even changed her last name. Also, she hired a private investigator Hmm. to look into all of this for her. Uh, This person's name is Ozzy Caban. Ozzy immediately got started on her case, but he had the suspicion that she was kind of hiding something. She wasn't telling him the truth. So when talking to her parents, they agreed that they also thought that she was withholding some type of information that would actually lead to who this person was. So they kind of speculated, and I guess they told the investigator, like, hey, I think she knows who's doing this, but she's just not opening up about it. She's too scared.
0: Right. Protecting him for some reason.
1: Exactly. Uh, Besides tracking down leads, though, Ozzy had lights installed outside of her house and gave her a two-way radio with a panic button so that she could easily reach him, even if her telephone line was cut again. Okay. A little bit on his experience, um, he, he was kind of a part of one of the incidents that happened to her. So, one night, it was really late, Ozzy heard noises coming from across the two-way radio. So, he rushed over to her house, and he found her lying in the hallway with a knife through her hand that had a note attached to it saying, You are dead, bitch. Uh,
0: handwritten?
1: That's what I'm inferring. I didn't get clarification on that. Okay. So you would think that they would, you know, compare handwriting, like handwriting analysis type stuff, but I didn't see anything in there like that. Well, and the other notes
0: were magazine clippings, right?
1: Yes. So I'm assuming it would be the same way. I don't know. Do you have
0: any idea how long it took him to get from there after the panic call to her
1: house? I don't. Um, they made it in the article It made it sound like it was rather quick as if he was right around the corner or maybe sitting in a car nearby kind of keeping watch. But when he arrived, she was motionless. Uh, Ozzy thought at first that she was dead, but he found her pulse. Cindy was then taken to the hospital and after regaining consciousness, she was able to tell investigators that she felt someone put a needle in her arm and she had no recollection of the stabbing at all.
0: She lost consciousness. Yes. Why? Because aside of for what, maybe the needle.
1: Exactly the needle. Okay. Whatever was in the needle, whatever they put in her, that's what well, caused her to lose Well, tell me
0: they did a blood test.
1: Uh, so the police, believing that Cindy staged the attack, didn't even bother to take fingerprints at her home or on the knife and notes. And I don't see where they took. Any type of blood tests whatsoever.
0: I mean, the hospital could do that without the police.
1: Right. And you would think that they would or you would think that that would be included in this, but it wasn't. Well,
0: it's just good medical practice because you want to know what somebody has been injected with.
1: Exactly. And we do find out later that she is injected with something and they do test it and they find it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: In another incident, yeah. Um, Ozzy, however... Didn't, you know, agree with the police. He didn't believe that Cindy would have been able to inject that needle or stab herself at the angles that both entered the body. So he strongly believed that there was somebody else there and that the police should have fingerprinted and and gathered some type of evidence at the scene, and they didn't.
0: We should say something about P.I.s here because I've been thinking about this lately anyway.
1: Yes, go ahead. (laughs)
0: P.I.s are a full spectrum. So to become a private investigator... In a lot of states, all you have to do is file a fee and pay the insurance and you're, you're in. So because of that, some PIs are really just, that's you, you can file a piece of paper and become a private investigator. Some PIs are like full-on retired serious homicide detectives and they just want to do that in their retirement. Some are really reliable in that sense and some aren't. So on that spectrum, where is Ozzy here?
1: That's probably something I should have looked up. I actually didn't look up anything on Aussie. <laughs> well,
0: it's kind of misleading across the whole um, the whole true crime world yes. because you see private investigator on TV, newspaper, whatever, and that connotes and you some kind of authority, of that. right? Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily true at all. It could be very true. Yeah. It could be a very qualified person, but it's kind of all over the board.
1: It is, and. It, it's so funny that you bring that up, too. I had a conversation with somebody a couple months ago about that. They were like, why don't you just become a PI? I'm like, well, I don't want to be a cop first and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you don't have to. And I'm like, well, I feel like you should, but okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, you should. It's, it's Just all to ab-
1: have that background. Well, it's what you do
0: with it. Like, PI is yeah. mostly. If you're a working PI, it's is my wife cheating on me? You don't have to be a cop to figure that out, you know? Yeah. But when you're talking about something like this... It does matter, does the person who's involved in this, you know, attack of this woman, does he have a homicide background? Does he have a juggling background or somewhere in between?
1: Right. Yeah, that's my, I dropped the ball on that one. I probably should have looked it up. But this case was so interesting that I didn't even get to that point. <laughs> well, in,
0: in regardless of that, he's a witness. He's an indirect mm-hmm. witness to one of the attacks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, So at this point, you know, that's what he believes. And he believes that the police misstepped and and should have done more and didn't. She's sitting in this position where she's tried everything and she goes a step further, too. She she wanted to try and remember anything she could from that attack. So she agreed. How did you know?
0: It's just it's just what people do, I guess. (laughs) Yeah.
1: She agreed to go under hypnosis and take a polygraph test. That's
0: another tangent that we can go on. But but just on hypnosis, what do you think of hypnosis vis-a-vis criminal investigations?
1: I don't know that I, I've never seen one come out that I feel that was 100% reliable because a lot of the stuff is already planted in the person's mind before they go under hypnosis anyway, I feel like. But I've never been in that position, so I wouldn't know.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there are cases where circumstances, evidence, people, places, things that come up in hypnosis have led to an arrest or a prosecution. I'm sure that those exist.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see that aspect of it, but for somebody to be like, okay, go under hypnosis and tell me all the details about X, Y, and Z, I don't think that somebody would actually be able to necessarily do that. Uh, Maybe they could pull from different things that they've heard being told to them or talked about around them surrounding whatever topic that is. But I've never had it happen to me, so I wouldn't. I can't speak on that. I guess right.
0: I, I think the. I think there is something to the theory that your brain holds information that you don't always have access to. But your brain also lies to you, like routinely. It's a genetic, evolutionary thing to block certain things out and to skim over certain things and notice certain things and not notice certain things especially when it matters, in our cases, high-stress situations. So, And this is why eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable. I don't think it's a whole lot different with hypnosis. Your unconscious brain can be lying to you as much as your conscious brain is lying to you when you're looking at a six-pack or a lineup of suspects. Definitely. So I don't know. It's It's like a psychic maybe. It's a tool where why not, and especially if we're hurting for leads, And it might make us look at things a little bit differently. As long as it's not going to hurt the investigation. But I have heard of cases, and I'm not sure about Canada, but some witnesses that are put under hypnosis in the States can't be called to testify later.
1: Mm. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It's
0: like planting a false memory that you'll carry with you forever, including on the witness stand.
1: Okay, that makes sense. I think
0: it depends on states and jurisdictions. So this woman, the whole thing, short of psychics, or were there psychics?
1: There were not psychics. That's the only Um, thing we're missing. So she went under hypnosis and did the polygraph, but it was determined after testing her with both of those that she was too traumatized to be able to give any useful information.
0: So the polygraph was inconclusive? Yep. All right.
1: Yep. So now we're getting real in the nitty gritty here, right? The calls started picking up with frequency. Uh, They were... But they were way too short for them to be able to trace anything. So that would obviously make you think that it's somebody who knows, hey, you can't go over X amount of seconds or it can be traced kind of thing. Yeah. One strange thing that occurred is that every time the police would set up a 24 hour surveillance, no calls would come in at all. No notes would be left at her house. And the police used this against her as more proof that all of this was faked and everything was staged.
0: Sure. Her moving as well. Her changing her name and moving in the stocking continues.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I guess from the side of the PI and the side of Cindy, it's a more sinister explanation to them was that whoever was attacking her. Had at least some information about police movements, almost kind of planting the theory that hey, it could be an officer or somebody, you know, very close to law enforcement who could be doing this to her. Sure. Um, her home was never tested for any type of bugs, you know, listening devices, anything like that. Police never did an investigation um, into like the policeman that Cindy had recently been dating. So I guess that was one of the theories Wait, that had popped what? up. She was dating a cop at a, at one point in time.
0: Same jurisdiction.
1: I think so. Uh, it just it just said policeman. Okay. Because
0: so. <laughs> that could be the next town over. Right. All right. So do do you know where that fits in the timeline of the stalking, the dating of the cop?
1: Yes and no. If it's the same person that I think, we'll get to it. After her death. Okay. Basically, if the attacker really wanted to make her look as though she was quote unquote crazy, they would obviously avoid making themselves known when the police are watching because, you know, obviously they don't want to get caught. So that's that was their whole thing at that point. Mm -hmm. So now it gets really intense. Police don't believe her again. It's, you know, the girl who cried wolf type thing. Nothing's adding up. Nothing is linking anyone else to it other than Cindy herself. So the next attack on her, though, she was hospitalized for. She was found near frozen to death, suffering from hypothermia in a ditch, which was located over six miles from her house. She was left wearing a man's work boot and glove with a black nylon stocking around her neck again. She had a black and blue eye and numerous other injuries and bruises to her body. And after that attack, you know, she was fearing for her life. She asked her friend Agnes and Agnes's husband, Tom, if she if they would stay with her. Not that she could stay with them, but if they would both come to her house and stay with her. So one night after everyone had gone to bed, they were awoken by noises in the basement of the house. When they went down to see what was going on, they found that the basement was in flames, engulfed in flames. Hmm. They tried to call 911. But the line was cut. So Tom ran outside to ask a neighbor to call the fire department and saw a man standing in front of the house. Tom asked him to call 911, but the man instead started running away down the street and didn't say a word. Police later determined that the fire was deliberately started and labeled it as an act of arson. They searched the basement windows and said they couldn't find any usable fingerprints on the windowsills or on the one windowsill that the perp would have had to enter through. So there was only one available window down there.
0: And there was no other, There was there a way he got in the main floor of the house and went down without being seen?
1: I guess not from what in, the investigators said, because they just said that the fire, they ended up concluding that the fire was staged.
0: And it was started in the basement.
1: Started in the basement. By somebody. Investigators also pointed to the fact that they had seen Cindy walk her dog alone at night, and that she must not be scared of an attacker if she's able to do that. Which... Honestly, at this point, I'm thinking, like, there's a lot of victim blaming going on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible thing that's happening right now.
0: Well, in hindsight, we know she dies,
1: so... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All of this stuff is really taking a toll on her. Those close to her noted that her mental state was deteriorating. Uh, They were worried that Cindy might be suicidal at this point. So, her doctor committed her to a psychiatric hospital. She stayed there for 10 weeks before they allowed her to be released... She confessed to her family and friends that she had been holding some information back about this. Mm -hmm. She ended up claiming that her attacker had threatened to kill her family if she ever told who he was.
0: Did she describe him?
1: Then Cindy said that she planned to go after this person herself. All right. She did not tell them who he was at the time.
0: Did she know who he was?
1: She says she knows. Yes. Uh So she hadn't told him at that point but she did say, I know who it is and I'm going to go after them. Okay. So she was, you know, in a state of mental decline, she was suicidal, but honestly, anybody who had been through all of that, if that stuff was really happening to her, who wouldn't be, you know, feeling that way. Right. So finally, Cindy went back to the police and told them who she thought was behind all of the attacks. And she named her ex-husband, Dr. Roy Makepeace.
0: Okay. What did she offer?
1: as proof? um, Police, well, I guess she told them all of these different things about him that, you know, he threatened this, he threatened that. She saw his face. She knows it was him, all this other kind of stuff. So police went and questioned him. He denied everything. Then he turned over evidence that he had on his own answering machine. Someone supposedly who was harassing her had called and left a death threat for him. All right. So I'll send you that link, Scott. You can enter that audio file in here if you want. Um, but it in in the call, it says, Cindy, dead meat soon, which, you know, kind of aligns with everything else, like the meat that was shipped to her house and the, the note that said, you know, you're dead, bitch, all that kind of stuff like that. Her ex-husband also said that he believed Cindy was suffering from a split personality. Okay. That was never corroborated, though. And the medical staff and doctors who did treat her while she was at the psychiatric ward never diagnosed her with that disorder. What did they diagnose her with? I couldn't find what they diagnosed her with. So I don't even know if she was diagnosed with anything other than some type of PTSD is from the sounds of it. Okay. So back to her death. The day she went missing, she, like I said, had gone to the mall to do some grocery shopping, deposit her paycheck. She never made it home. Her car was found in the shopping mall where she was last seen on May 25th, 1989. It had never moved. It was in the same parking spot. When investigators went to, you know, examine the vehicle, investigate it, see what was in it. They found blood on the driver's side door and items from her wallet were thrown around inside the car.
0: Inside or outside the driver's in- side door?
1: I think it was on the inside is what it said. And
0: then there are items from her, from wallet. her
1: wallet inside the car okay, scattered mm-hmm. in the trunk. They found groceries that she had bought along with a wrapped gift that she had bought for somebody. But they didn't say who for two weeks after that, her family and friends were searching for her, trying to figure out what happened to her. Why she hadn't called anybody. Then they found her body. She was found in the front yard of an abandoned house. In a relatively high traffic area, according to reports, uh, there were there was a lot of pedestrian foot travelers. So people walking by that house at all hours and nobody noticed her for two weeks. So it initially seemed as though she couldn't have been killed when she was first reported missing. Mm -hmm. But the autopsy showed that she had died most likely the same day she disappeared or the very early morning hours of the 26th. Her body had numerous wounds on it, including an injection mark on her arm that was later determined to be a high dose of morphine. She was found with both her hands and feet tied behind her body. Around her neck was the signature black nylon, which had been used to strangle her to death. Um, and we've, I've mentioned that a couple times already. Missing from the scene, though, was the needle that was used in her arm. The police basically concocted the notion that Cindy had injected herself elsewhere, discarded the needle, then walked the mile and a half to the scene, where she then tied her hands and feet behind her back after strangling herself. So they, the police were 100%, hey, she killed herself. That's interesting. She was suicidal. There was stuff going on in her head and in her life, and... She staged everything and she killed herself. But I don't honestly see how you can do that, how you can tie your hands and feet behind your back.
0: (sighs) Yeah, that would be tough Um, behind her back. So how does one tie her feet behind her back? Meaning, was it like a hog tie?
1: Yeah. So the way it's described is a hog tie. I do have one photo. It's very hard to see, though, just because of the color of her pants. But The way she's laying, I don't, I honestly don't know how, like, I can see how she could have tied her feet, but not her hands.
0: Because they were behind her back, small of her back. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Like the way she's laying, she's like crunched up almost in a fetal position. Right.
0: But were her feet attached to the binding that was uh, around her hands?
1: That's what I mean. The way her, the color of her pants and the, where her so arms can't and feet are, you can't tell if but it's But her connected. feet were
0: tied, may or may not be tied to her um,
1: hands her behind hands. her back. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we are at the suspects and theories. I'm going to go through this little list and then I want you to kind of tell me what you think. Cause this, there's a lot of, there's, there's a few people involved that actually think that she did kill herself. The official cause of death was morphine and other drugs overdose. Even though the Royal Canadian Mounted Police claimed that it was suicide or possibly an accident, the coroner ruled both of those results out.
0: But it was not strangulation, asphyxiation?
1: No, it that was, was not. It on was there.
0: the morphine.
1: It was the morphine. All right. Ozzie, her PI, believes that she had been taken and killed elsewhere. Then her body was dumped shortly before it was discovered because of all that foot traffic.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But how did they determine when she died at the autopsy?
1: I don't know how they were able to pinpoint the timing.
0: Because if she were out there for four days at any point during the two weeks, she would have been noticed,
1: smelled. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Uh, and if she were like put in a freezer... Uh, you could still tell in some ways when she died, but a lot of what goes into the determination of time of death has to do with the decomposition of the body. So that right. if that's altered. It's going to mess with the finding. So we don't know why they said two weeks.
1: Well, two weeks is when she was missing, but when
0: we don't know right. why the coroner said she'd been dead the whole time.
1: Right. We don't know. Okay. So, obviously, her private investigator doesn't believe that was the case, believes, still believed that the police were just trying to blame her and they weren't really looking into it. Um, there was a Canadian journalist, Neil Hall, who wrote a book about the case, and now he thinks that she killed herself. Okay. In response to that, I guess Ozzy read that book and, and read what the thoughts were. He doesn't buy that her body took two weeks to be found when it was so close, so... Obviously, like I already said, killed her somewhere else, dumped her. The fact that she had an injection mark on her arm kind of would make it hard to believe that she could have walked a mile and a half to that spot where they found her and then tie herself up after injecting herself, if you think about it. And this was something that was on, I believe, Reddit and even the website that her sister started as well. They found no needle close to her car, close to the crime scene, nowhere the police think that she ingested morphine and had plenty of time to do the rest. But Well, well
0: to walk a mile and a half would take 25 minutes, 25, 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it obviously depends on the dose of morphine. Right. Or doses.
1: They also found no evidence, you know, that she had somehow obtained morphine. They found no evidence that she purchased black nylons nothing of the sort which of course you can you can argue too that she could have gotten those from anywhere you know she Much, didn't have to the morphine them especially she has to get somewhere exactly um so Cindy had a, a lover if you will named Pat McBride and he was a cop at the time the police suspected him and her ex-husband but they had no concrete evidence evidence against either of them so then that's when they kind of said okay she's got to be doing this herself they couldn't find any evidence on anybody else other than cindy but if you remember they didn't really check for fingerprints and stuff in that first incident and then in the arson incident they said that they couldn't find any viable ones on the the glass the windowsill and mm-hmm. Um, Her ex-husband, like I said, believed that she had multiple personalities and was unaware that she was tormenting herself. Mm -hmm. Family and friends say that she adored her dog. She would have never tortured the dog herself, so they don't believe that she was the one doing any of this. Her father was convinced that the investigation was never aimed at finding a perpetrator, but instead aimed at Cindy, saying Cindy was doing all this. So we see that over and over. There is... (sighs) One thing that they can agree with police on is that she did suffer immensely um, through everything that was going on because she journaled everything. She and in the journals they were able to tell that you know this is a heart wrenching story of a woman tortured mentally and physically. But what they can't understand is, you know, it was it by herself, her own doing. Was it by somebody else? Was it mental illness? Was it, you know, this sadistic person who was following her and just trying to make her feel crazy and then killed her? They just don't understand. Um, They still don't know. Uh, Otto, her father, died in 2010, like I said. His wife passed away in 2012, and they still, to their dying days, believed that she did not commit suicide and that her killer was let go. And then her sister just still continues to try to find her killer. Hmm. It's been on Unsolved Mysteries, I guess. Uh it was also on a show called A Current Affair. And it was on Maury.
0: God, you're so young. You can't remember a current affair.
1: No. <laughs> I remember Maury though. That was one Jeez. of my sh- you know, one of my yeah. shows. <laughs> Maury.
0: Maury. and the other ones. Um Yeah. You know, all the daytime.
1: Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Even before Jerry Springer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just all those twists and turns and just the fact that, you know, as soon as they said something like, it was her, she did it to herself, I was like, no freaking way. Like, I I honestly don't think she did that to herself. Maybe she was suffering from some type of mental illness along the way, but I don't think she could have killed herself like that.
0: Well, give any other theories in your sources and we'll dive in.
1: Well, those are the theories that I found. Uh, The sources are medium reddit uh the website that her sister set up and then trouble with justice so i will obviously send you those links um but yeah i
0: so you're not buying suicide
1: i'm not buying i can't there's no way i can put no i don't think so it does sound it does sound like A paranoid person, for sure, with different things that were happening, but for them to not even, with that one incident with the knife in her hand and stuff, for them to not even dust for prints or do anything else other than point the finger at her, if they would have at least looked for prints or looked for any type of outside source for that incident to happen, I would maybe lean more toward, okay what was really going on here was there something that we're missing and maybe she did want to kill herself but i i can't buy that right now not with what we do know
0: the attacks you said started four months after the divorce
1: after she filed yeah and i don't know how long it took for that divorce to go through i'm assuming it did fully go through
0: but they split up
1: yeah and after 18 so years they of marriage
0: what led to their divorce
1: i don't know um, I mean think about it though she was 19 when they got together so he was the only thing she ever knew and he was much older when they did get together that's she's true. 44 when she died And I was
0: wondering if did they how they meet I mean she's in child services did like they meet on her college campus
1: Right so he was a psychiatrist and she ended up becoming a nurse I guess after they had already gotten married so I don't know if maybe He was a professor that she knew, or maybe when she was doing some type of residency or rotations. I don't know how they met. I'm assuming somewhere in the mental health. Because of the
0: age and because of his profession, he has sort of a position of authority. Yes. Which you take into consideration. But still, 18 years of marriage, she's been married as long as she's been alive when she met him. Right. The marriage has to end for a reason. And you wonder Mm -hmm. if the beginning symptoms of some mental illness didn't lead to her. Because he was able to diagnose her, uh, he thinks, after well after they got divorced. That means he saw signs before they got divorced.
1: Yeah, but since no other doctors could corroborate that diagnosis, then what was that a, an actual diagnosis of her? I or mean, no? in
0: one sense, you can't diagnose because you're too close. In another sense, who better to diagnose her? You know, this all assumes, of course, he's not involved in what right. happened to her. Uh, I'd be very interested in what led to the divorce because if he's saying she's bipolar and he doesn't have much, if any, contact with her during most of these attacks.
1: Not bipolar, multiple personality, multiple personality. And that's
0: a point, too, is it's a controversial <laughs> um, diagnosis now. Right. It was far less understood in 89 mm-hmm. and in the 80s. So also, while I'm thinking about it, the blood on the car is it her's.
1: That's that's the way I interpreted it, that it was her blood and her belongings in the car. And the way it was written made it sound like it was on the inside. So for them to be like, oh, she staged this, that would make more sense to me. She put her own blood on the inside.
0: Okay. Um, without knowing enough, obviously, we don't mm-hmm. know enough facts. But there are a couple of red flags when it comes to her harming herself. Obviously, there's no witnesses to any of the attacks. Her wounds in the attacks are superficial. The things like the notes um, being with the letters being cut out of newspaper and magazines doesn't really happen. I'm not aware of a single case. Um, I'm aware of cases where people have staged stalkings and done that because they think that's what people do. But actual stalkers don't do that. Um, I'm sure everything under the sun has happened so I'm not saying it's never happened but that's exceptionally rare stalking behavior. Um, There's also no MO. I mean we're talking about all kinds of crimes. It's gaslighting. It's attacks in in her person in her in her home rather in her vehicle. Um, The fire is a whole separate category. I'm not unconvinced that it's not I wouldn't call it suicide but it could be accidental such a series of crimes and granted the police weren't looking i don't know that trajectory of escalation does not does not work for me 100 percent. it's it's just not the way stalking escalates typically um usually it's like a uh what's a good analogy kind of like a hockey stick where there's an extended over weeks and months sometimes years of relatively low to the victim low impact behavior and then it spikes at the very end before whatever happens happens but this is like an EKG monitor where it goes up and down up and down up and down constantly over the course of you said how many years so seven seven years Um, there's also the death scene itself like if this is the coup de grace if this is the fulfillment of a mad uh, fascination obsession that this killer, who's been tormenting and gaslighting his victim over the seven years before, that is what he is getting off on. The uh, Watching the victim respond to his psychosis, going with that theory for a moment. The death scene, if that's where she died, and no matter where she died, there is no cherry on top for him there's no coup de gras there is she doesn't even die of strangulation she dies of an overdose so after all that his big thrill is going to be a needle that doesn't seem right to me either
1: right and then the whole needle and medicine aspect of it with her being a nurse and stuff
0: right um the other thought i was having is two things can be true at once she could have had a legitimate stalker or incidents of stalking, and maybe that's what triggered it prior to her divorce, maybe it continued after, and I'm not a psychologist, obviously, but if that were happening, it could feed on whatever conditions that she did have that led to self-harm, possibly. But there is nothing here that screams to me that she was stalked by the person that killed her, necessarily. Police probably should have taken it more seriously at different points along the way, especially you know, the knife attack in her home. But that's a superficial wound. You know, it's not an artery. It's not your torso. Um, there's nothing sexual about any of this either. Then you have to question the voice message that the, hus- the ex-husband apparently got. Um, that's strange. That's not, I assume, that couldn't be a man, a female's voice. It's not her in some other split persona disguising her own voice. She can't do that, right? That raises a whole other series of questions. That involves somebody else in her fantasy or conspiracy of herself or somebody else who would have been involved in killing her. Or of course, third option is he called himself.
1: Yeah, and I did when I was scrolling through Reddit for this case too, like I, I did stop on a few little theories that people had about you know, this looks like a dissociative spectrum disorder, kind of like uh, dissociative identity disorder, I believe they said, just by her behavior and stuff. And then the escalating paranoia and thinking that somebody's after her and doing these things to herself. Um, another person had mentioned how there was a case similar to this where a guy claimed to be stalked by police and random people for years and was stabbed several times. His house was burned down and then later they learned that he was suffering from severe paranoia there's camera footage of him walking around with a knife days prior to the incident it seemed like he was suffering from some type of paranoia and then he killed himself so that's the scary thing about this like one part about this case that we don't have is her journal that has all of these entries where she is writing down all of her thoughts and feelings about around these incidents and stuff and what if there's a clue in there, saying what happened to her that day, or what was going to happen to her? You know. I think
0: the clue in the journal would be you would notice a voice change.
1: Right. Yeah. Like a, a demeanor, like the way somebody writes. And even just their thoughts.
0: even just something as simple as how they use contractions. Like if on Tuesday she's writing can, not, and should not, and on Thursday she's writing can't and shouldn't. Right. That can be, you know, a sign of something. I don't. I. It, it's a really long. It's a great story in terms of like a movie, but it's a. It's kind of a leap for me to say every single one of those incidents she was not responsible for herself, if not some.
1: Yeah, I don't. The meat being delivered to her house, the cats being killed and hung in her garden. Again, I don't know her. I don't see that being something that somebody would do to themselves.
0: Somebody strangled the dog. Yeah. So if she did that. Or if some other part of her did that, then they would do it to a cat as well, stray cat.
1: Oh, I don't like believing this.
0: Well, I'm not sure, you know, and we we don't know. Um, Yeah. It's certainly possible that she was stalked to that extent and then eventually killed. It just flies in the face of how actuals, this is movie stalking. This is not real. That's kind of stocking. what
1: I thought of when I when I was reading this case. Like, it does sound like a movie. It could be a. It movie It sounds like, like an Ashley Judd, things. Morgan
0: Freeman movie. <laughs>
1: <You> know, <laughs> yeah.
0: it really does, and it's a great story there. But you understand where the police were coming from, and police do get tunnel vision. We're we well they, aware they of that they do. They do. But there is no. I mean, this is they know because they see these attacks, especially in a city the size of Vancouver. This is not how this works. This is not how this is done home invasions look a certain way attacks on people inside their homes look a certain way and none of it was lining up and then you have arson and where where's arson come from that's a whole other uh thing
1: it's a whole nother sport they're, they're it not is. even playing the same game anymore i get that but you know what if some of these things were connected to one another and they were from a, you know somebody stalking her or doing these things to her and Maybe some of the other incidents were, you know, her paranoia and her mind playing tricks on her. And maybe she was sick and and it just all kind of meshed together. And that's where the police were like, okay, you're totally making up all of this and you killed yourself.
0: Yeah. And as I say, a triggering point could have been that she was stalked during her marriage. It sounds like she had a lot of male friends. Sounds like she dated. Yeah. So she could have encountered somebody easily could have encountered somebody who took an overzealous interest or worse than that for some person to be like a full-time stalker manifesting themselves in killing animals and setting fires and breaking into her house and conveniently being gone when the PI comes running uh, it, it's just uh, it's I think it's pretty unlikely and I don't want to jump to that conclusion because the worst thing would be that somebody did this and then it just doesn't, it doesn't fit to me. It seems to me something set her off. It seems to me some of these incidents she did. I mean, if we could, if it were, if she died in a certain way where it were indisputable that she was murdered, that obviously sheds a whole light on the rest of the story. And maybe she was murdered. But can you walk for 25 or 35 minutes when you're in the process of overdosing on morphine? Possibly. I think possibly. Um, she could have taken a cab during the uh, course of that. Who knows? Who knows what happened? The PI does raise a good point about the body. If it really is a high trafficked area with a sidewalk right by there. Uh, what time of year was it again?
1: Um, when they found her, it was June 8th. When yeah, she right missing. in the middle of it was summer. May 25th. That's yeah. that's
0: tough. That's tough. Mm-hmm. So that's mysterious as well. And obviously, if her body was moved, 99.9%, um, the person. Who did it? Moved her. So, yeah, I mean that's the mysterious. I I would not. I would rule out suicide. I don't think she consciously killed herself. There's no evidence of suicide. Yeah, I
1: don't think so either. She
0: could. She's done that that attack, whether she committed it on herself or somebody else did, has happened previously. Therefore, she's kind of less worried about the the drug ingestion because it's something that she's done before. If she's done this to herself, and then it's just a matter of. A drug overdose, just overdosing. You don't die right away. You can function for a period of time. Who knows? It, it was not suicide. It was either accidental or homicide. and I would have to lean toward accidental. That would have to be my theory. In any event, that's a great case. That's a fascinating case.
1: A lot of twists and turns, and I didn't really case. find too much on it. The most that I did find, like Whoa. the detailed information that I did find, was mostly from the website that her sister started. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, if it's has anything to do with the fact that the police really didn't look into it that much, that there wasn't a whole lot of media coverage of it. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, definitely could be. Um, she seems to have a, kind of a strange personal life, unusual personal life, where she's got that really close friend who's always around, Agnes. She's, well, my
1: thing was, not to judge, but if something scary is happening at my house and I live alone... Instead of inviting my friend and my friend's husband to come stay with me, I think I would want to just stay with them away from the Get house. Get away from the house. At, right?
0: Right. Inviting somebody into the circumstance, which she also does with a PI, if, you know, if she yeah. did these things herself. Um, it, it,
1: uh, Again, not judging. I no. mean, everybody's different, but my comfort level would not be to stay at the house where it's happening.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to avoid jumping, jumping to conclusions either way you know, lessons I've learned from cases over the years. And one of those things, it's easy to jump on the cops because they can't, you know, what are they going to say? And it's what we do. When things are unsolved, we say, "Why well, haven't you solved this yet? But from their perspective, I totally understand, especially initially, why they thought she was manufacturing this because it flies in the face of every other case that they'll see on a daily basis when it comes to uh, stocking, when it comes to arson, when it comes to, home invasions, all that. This is not how this works. People don't cut letters out of magazines and mail them. So should they have investigated at different points along the way, kind of just to complete an investigation, yeah. It sounds like it was not taken as seriously as it should have been. Of course, that doesn't mean she didn't do it to herself. And you also, of course, don't want to blame her posthumously and stigmatize her mental illness. Because, as you said, regardless, it's a tragedy. And she was... Mm -hmm. This nursing photo, very attractive woman,
1: mm-hmm.
0: seemed likable. What's this black eye here in this one photo? That's one of the attacks? That's
1: that, yeah, that was one of her attacks when um, she showed up with a black and blue eye and different injuries on her body uh, when she was hospitalized. Yeah. Not the knife in the hand incident, but the other one. Right. Right before, actually, that was the attack that happened right before she went missing. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: hmm. Well, that might be one to look further into those books that you mentioned or. Yeah. I'm sure there's been some other. You mentioned the other shows it's been on.
1: Yeah. A- it's definitely interesting. And I, I can't believe I'd never heard of it. I I even went back to make sure you didn't cover this case because I was like, why does that name sound familiar? But none of the details of the case sounded familiar.
0: Yeah. I, I can't say that I can separate this one from a, some other stalking cases I've heard of um i might have heard this before but very uh, as always very tragic and that one yeah that one's definitely unresolved i i would put that in the unresolved category one way or the other
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because nobody knows exactly what happened to her
0: all right heather thank you for a great case and thank you all for listening appreciate our patrons out there we'll be talking to you soon and for everybody else we'll talk to you next friday
1: see you later